Lord. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Heaven and earth adore Angels bow before <laughs> you. <laughs> this morning we give you all the glory we give you all honor we give you all adoration father i want to say thank you for this opportunity and i give you all the glory father speak to us oh lord touch our heart oh lord and help us oh lord not just to be here but your doer of your word in jesus name in jesus mighty name we have prayed i want to say good morning to everybody and i want to appreciate everybody that is here and also the people that are watching online. And I want to say thank you to our pastors for this opportunity. And I pray that the Lord will continue to increase the anointing upon their head in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we'll be looking at uh, making our calling and election sure. Making our calling and election sure. Before we go to the text, I just want to define what we mean by election as children of God. So election simply means to be chosen, to be chosen by God, chosen by God for himself in order that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. To be chosen by God for God himself in order that we should live holy and blameless. And I want to define calling by saying a call to service. It's just a call for us to serve the God that we uh, worship. So we cannot just, uh, if the Bible itself says that we should make our calling and our election sure. So it's um, something that has to do with us. It is not just automatic. God choosing us is God's uh, plan and purpose. But the call that is, he has called us, we have to actually do something about it. It's just like the um, Sunday school we had this morning. And um, we have examples. So if we look at the life of Paul, 
in um, Acts 13, verse 2. Acts 13, verse 2. Where um, the uh, old, uh, uh, Holy Spirit called Paul and Silas and tell them, okay, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So every one of us, every child of God is called to do something. We are all called to do something. We, God didn't just choose us and uh, let us be. If he has chosen us and he didn't want us to, he didn't want us to do anything for him that we could have been born again and die and just, you know, take us from the earth. But as long as we are still on this earth, there's something that we should be doing for God. Not just in the house of God, even in our own personal life. We have to have something we are doing. We have to have a purpose. We have to have a plan. We have to have a um, um, a vision. So it's not just we living our life like the unbelievers, sleeping and waking up every day and living the day as it goes. That is not the plan of God for the children of God. And uh, if we look at Acts 16.10, Acts 16.10, Acts 16 verse 10, and after he had seen the vision, immediately he endeavored to go to, into Macedonia, assuring, assuredly gathering that the Lord has called us for to preach the gospel unto them. That is still Paul too. I'm just using Paul because I know we all know about Paul. So um, when we know the story of Paul, when he gave his life and God saved him, he wasted no time. Because right from the start when he gave his life, he knew what he was supposed to do. And he started doing it. And he did not fail. He did it to the end and God helped him. So even though we all are all elected through the blood of Jesus, so that one is equal to everybody. It is uh, free. It is the price that God himself paid on our behalf through the uh, blood of Jesus Christ. So we all are elected as long as we are children of God. But our callings are different. We are all called to do different things. Um, we don't have to be pastors. We don't have to be apostles evangelists, um, teachers, and uh, prophets. But there are other things that God has called us to do. Those are just the five, um, uh, what do they call them now? Five ministries, exactly. But those five ministries, they still cannot do it by themselves. There cannot be a pastor without a congregation. There cannot be an evangelist without people to preach it to. There cannot be a teacher without students. So those five are there, but there are other ones that might look small, but they are equally very, very important. It doesn't matter what position. God, as long as we are faithful in what God has called us to do, we all get the crown. We all get the crown. So we all have different offices. So both our salvation, our calling, must be sure. We are born again. I remember a few weeks when we, uh, in one of the Sunday school, we, we talked about our, um, uh, our uh, Christian, I mean, our Christian life being a present thing. It's not like I got born again 10 years ago, and you are not even sure whether you are still born again or not. 
So that's not it. So if as our salvation is sure, like today I can say that yes, if Christ come, I will go to heaven. The same way if we can, we should be able to say, if Christ come, I will, uh, yeah, I've been doing what I've be, uh, he told me to do. So it's both the election, that is our salvation, and the calling, that is the works we are supposed to do, are supposed to be sure, that is a present reality. I must not leave one for the other. You cannot just say, I'm born again, all I want to do is to read my Bible every day and be in my room. No, you as well have to go out and do the work that God has called you to do. So, how do we make our calling and election sure? Now that we understand what election and calling means. So, how do we make it sure? How do we uh, make it a present reality? Like every single second of our life, we are where we are supposed to be. We are not um, stagnant. We are not moving backward, but we are always going forward. So let's look at our Second Peter chapter one from verse three. Second Peter chapter one from verse three. So um, according as his divine power had given unto us all things, all things we have is given us through the blood of Jesus that pertain unto life. That place is just. Um, Necessary for uh, everything that is necessary for spiritual life, for our spiritual life. God has given it all to us through the blood of Jesus. And Godliness, true knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. That is called us. God himself is the one, that is what he has called us into. To glory and virtue. Then the next one, verse 4. Verse 4. Okay, I will read it from here. For by this, I'm reading from uh, Amplify. For by this, he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises. So that by them, we can escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world. So by his promises, we're going to escape. Because of disputable desire. And because sharers and um, become sharers of the divine nature. So I just read that from Amplify. So this is where I'm going. So we've the first two verses is just helping us to understand what it is that God has given unto us. He wants us to live a glorious spiritual life. Uh, he wants us to be godly. He wants us to have a personal knowledge of Him. And He has called us so that we uh, into his glory and his excellency. He also, because of all that he has given unto us, we've been able to escape all the immorals of this earth. But for us to now stay that way, because that is what God wants us to want for us, uh, uh, to be godly, um, victorious spiritual life and everything, and also to be able to walk in his promises, but for us to walk in that way, then we have to make our calling and election sure. So verse uh, 5 says, still not working? Okay, I'll read from Amplified. For this very reason, applying, okay. Okay, so from verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue. Add to your faith, 
So, for once we've given our life, of course, we have the faith that um, Christ has died for us. We have believed in our heart and we have confessed with our mouth. So, we have faith. But like I said, it doesn't end there. It's not just when we received Christ into our life. But now that we've received Christ, and uh, because we have faith, which the Bible says in uh, Hebrews 11, 6, that it is um, uh, impossible for us to please God without faith. So now we have to exercise the belief of this promise. So the next thing we do is we have to add virtue to that faith. We have belief. So what is virtue? Uh, behavior showing high moral standard. It's a behavior that shows high moral standard. And I think it's something that we all have to be working on till we leave this earth. High moral standard. So, um, if we, uh, because of the way some people behave sometimes, they've lost a lot of opportunity. And I'll give example in the Bible. It's Micah, the uh, uh, daughter of um, Saul, the wife of David. In Micah, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 2 from verse 12 to 25. We don't have to read that, but that's where it is. When David was going, went to, uh, uh, going to bring the uh, Ark of Covenant back to the tent, where, which he had built, and uh, because the first time they tried, Somebody died. So he decided to do it the right way. So he just didn't put the ark on, uh, on a cart. He decided that people should carry it. And for every step, they would sacrifice unto God. Which, and praise God and dance and, you know, rejoice. And he was doing this. He was dancing. He was so happy that the ark of God is coming back. And Micah, the wife, who was actually supposed to be rejoicing with them, dancing with them, looked up from the window and saw that um, David's um, clothes was falling. And the Bible says that he despised him. She despised him. It's not, it probably maybe if he has, she has just stopped there, maybe God would not have punished him. But after the whole thing and David has discharged everybody to go to their houses, Micah still went to David and said, that uh, let's look at um, 2 Samuel 2 from verse maybe 23. 2 Samuel 2. Verse, okay, let me see. Hmm, maybe I put in the wrong one. Oh, okay. I think I must have. Okay, so anyway, she went to him and said, Doesn't he have shame? that he was dancing and his clothes was coming off. And David was like, yes, I'm rejoicing before the father that took, I mean, before God, that took the kingdom. Okay, 2 Samuel 16. 6, sorry. 2 Samuel 6. Yeah, thank you. So therefore, Micah, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto that day. That was the consequences of what she did. Because she despised David that was rejoicing in the presence of God when she was also supposed to be rejoicing. And that is just because she didn't add virtue to herself. And somehow, 
who knows, we probably because of the way we've behaved in one place or the other, we've lost something. So, so that we do not lose our salvation, we do not lose our crown in heaven. If we've lost everything on earth, God by his mercy can still give us a second chance. But we cannot afford to lose our uh, salvation or what our uh, crown in heaven. So God wants us to add virtue to our faith. Then it says that uh, from a verse... Okay, let's go back to that First Peter 1 verse 5. First Peter 1, um, uh, yeah, verse 5. Okay. Mm, sorry. Second Peter. <laughs> Second Peter 1. Second Peter 1, 5. Okay. And beside this, adding diligence, um, uh, giving all diligence, hard to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge. So knowledge is insight in the word of God, understanding of the principles of the things of the kingdom of God. So there's no way we can actually be well-behaved if we don't know what the Bible says. So it's not just about being good. Some things in our life, we need to actually see it in the word of God before it can change. So we need to actually develop ourselves spiritually. And also if we're talking about the principles of, uh, of the things of God, it's like if we look at um, Deuteronomy 28, we claim all those promises in that Deuteronomy 28. Can you go to Deuteronomy 28, please? We claim all the promises. I think the promises start from maybe verse 2 or 3. But before then, uh, no, let's go back to 1. I just want to read the instruction. For, uh, the things that we have to do because we, before we can actually stand and claim those promises. And it says, and it shall come to pass. If thou shalt akin diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Verse 2. And all these blessings shall come on thee, and overtake thee, if thou shalt akin unto the voice of the Lord thy God. So that applies to everything in the Bible. If we want to claim any promise, of course, we have to even have the knowledge of what we want to claim. If you don't read your Bible, you do not even know the promise you have to claim. But if you find the promise, like when we say, I'm, I will be the end and not the tail. The, uh, that scripture, that shall be the end and not the tail, is in this chapter, um, Deuteronomy 23. But before you can actually claim that, are you sure that you are actually keeping the word of God? Are you being obedient to the word of God? So that is very important. We need to know. And I know yesterday in the workers' meeting, we were talking about prayer. If you do not know what the word says, which word do you want to use to pray? And how can you be a better Christian? So add to your faith virtue. And add to your virtue knowledge. And if we um, go to the next one, for, I mean Second Peter 1 verse 6 now. 2 Peter 1, verse 6. And to knowledge, temperance. I think that's one word that we all have to look into. 
That simply means self-control. To be humble. Self-control and to be humble. So we need to be able to control ourselves, especially when it comes to the word of our mouth. Remember, we were talking in the morning about arise and shine. And we're talking about people around you drawing close to God. Not because of what you say, but because they are watching you. That is what God is saying. He said that uh, so that the people, when they look at you, they give glory to God. Unbelievers, not you now giving glory to God. But people look at you and they see you and they are like, ah, oh, wow, glory be to God that this person is serving. That is what God is calling us to do. And one of the ways, like we've been talking, is temperance. We cannot just be losing ourselves when we are in the midst of people because of we are offended or somebody because of one thing or the other. We have to be able to control our spirit. We have to be able to uh, humble ourselves. And it's just like the story of Nebuchadnezzar. After God has empowered him to conquer all the nations of the earth, the, uh, Israel, Egypt, and he has so many things. He was like the highest in the world then because he was the one in control. And God warned him ahead of time that uh, he, in a dream, he saw a tree, a very big tree, wide, with all these animals uh, benefiting from the tree and all of this. Suddenly the tree was cut down. And Daniel interpreted the dream and told him that the tree is actually him. That it's, uh, there's going to be a time that uh, God is going to take all this from him. He's going to have to live in the jungle like an animal. So he knows. But yet, it's even on that same chapter, I think it's chapter, hmm, maybe chapter 4 of uh, Deuteronomy. So, ap just after uh, Daniel has told him, he went to the top of his house and he was like, look at what I have achieved. What my hands has gotten me. And why the word was in his mouth, that's what the Bible says. Why the word was in his mouth. He turned into an animal. So we have to be careful what we say. We have to be able to control ourselves. No matter the heights that God is taking us onto, we have to actually always acknowledge that fact that it is God that has brought us to that level. And the next one, uh, verse. Can you change it to King James, please? And thank you. Um, yeah, so to your temperance, patience. Patience, that just simply means steadfast. To be firm and unwavering, faithful to God. What's holding on to what you believe? There's going to be temptation, there's things that are going to come your way to turn your faith around, but the Bible says that you should add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge, your knowledge temperance, and to your temperance patience. So when you have the faith, be well-behaved, Watch what you say, continue in what you believe, and to the patient, uh, verse 6, 2 Peter verse 6, 2 Peter 2, 6, I mean. Okay, so, and to patient, godliness, 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 that is very, very important, godliness. 
People should see God in us. People should see God in us. We should be able to touch things and it's things that are going bad and they call you to it and there is solution. Once you are there, there is solution. You should be able to bring things back to life again. You should be able to make things that are going wrong to be right again. To be godly. Those are people who can see God in us. To be righteous. Even when people around us are doing things that are not right. When they should be able to say, oh no, I'm sure she will not do it. So we have to be godly. We have to be more like God. More like Christ. Around us. Around the people around us should be able to see that. And the next one said we should add to the godliness. Verse 7. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. That simply means to do good always. Even when people pay us back with evil. We have to always do good. And I know that is a very sensitive thing. And some people, we are all humans. Oh yeah, oh he did it, he did that. I don't think I want to do it again. But that's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying we should be kind. Brotherly, brotherly kindness. We should always do good to people. Good works. And I know we were talking about that also in Sunday school. That is what people see. It is our good work. People, if we just stand still, people don't see God when you are just standing doing nothing. It is what you do that makes people see the God that is in you. So it's not just about, oh no, uh, he did this, he did that, I don't want to talk to that person again. No, we have to be kind. And finally, it says that to brotherly kindness, we have to add charity. Love, which is the bond of perfection. So, if we just quickly go back. So, we are talking about uh, making our calling an election show. And we have seen the things that we have to build on. And there is no end to building all this. Because at some, right now, all of us were in certain level. But we have to keep building. So, let's go to verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you are what Christ wants you to be. Verse 9. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Verse 10. Therefore, the rather, brethren, be diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do all these things, ye shall never fall. Ye shall never fall. So uh, we should just um, look more into that. Whatever area of our life that we are lacking, we need to build on it. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. But before we uh, round up, I just want us to look at two people in the Bible. The ones that were able to add to faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, temperance, to temperance, patience, to patience, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. So I'm going to start with Gehazi. So we'll see where he stopped. In um, Second King 5, 2 King 5, can we just look at verse 20 and 26? 2 King 5. 
I believe uh, we heard, we know about Gehazi. He's um, the servant of Elisha. Remember, Elisha was the servant of Elijah, and he got double portion. So Gehazi had the opportunity to get like four times uh, what Elijah has. But because he lacked virtue, virtue, he missed it. But Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, the man of God, said, Behold, my servant had spared Naaman, this Syrian, in not receiving at his hand that which he had brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. The gift that his master has rejected, he thought it's time to receive gift. So we have to be careful too. What we do, everything is not about money. The, everything is not about money. We should be able to discern the time to say no. And do not, you don't have to collect the gift. You don't have to collect the money. You do, watch what you do. Body, this is somebody that lived every day with the greatest man on earth, Elijah, as at that time. And yet, he could not even add to his faith virtue. And uh, 26. Okay, and he said unto him, when, okay, when he has collected the gift from Naaman, he ate the gift and he came back to Elijah. And Elijah was talking to him now. And he said unto him, went not my eyes, my heart with thee? When the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee, is it a time to receive money and to receive garment and olive? Okay, let's go to the next one, 27. That's the one I'm looking for. Okay, this is the one I'm looking for. The leprosy, therefore, of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out of his presence a leper as white as snow, because he failed to add virtue, and he suffered the consequences. So we have to be careful. Our virtue is very important. It is our moral. It is what proves that we are truly children of God. And finally, we'll just look at Joseph. I know we all uh, know the story of Joseph, but Joseph is an example, a perfect example of somebody that added faith, that added virtue to faith. Because when he was tempted of, uh, that will be in uh, Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter 39 from verse 1 to 12, but we are not going to read it. When uh, the, the, God blessed him, he was a handsome man, well favored, everything about him was good. But he didn't stop there. He had faith in God. And he added virtue to his faith. When Potiphar's wife wanted to lie with him, twice he was tempted. The second time he had to leave his garment and left. And he was punished for doing nothing wrong. So that might happen. While we are adding virtue to our faith, we can suffer consequences of things that we did not do. All because we want to do that which is right. But the Bible says it's okay. If you are punished, for doing right. You are just sharing part of the um, suffering of Christ. So, that is okay. If you can take the suffering and be punished for something wrong, you know, quietly, then the Bible wants us to take the punishment of something right if the same way. So, it doesn't end there. He added virtue, well-behaved, he didn't lie with the woman, and he was able to control himself, temperance. And he was sent to the prison. While he was in prison, he was patient. He was steadfast. He kept believing in the God that had shown him the dream that 
his brothers are going to bow. But yet, it's like everything was working in an opposite direction. But yet, he was patient. He held on to God. And that wasn't just it. When he was in the prison, he showed brotherly kindness to all those uh, prison mates. The one that had dreams. He was kind enough to explain their dream, interpret their dreams. And he did that. He did not, was not angry that I'm in this prison for not doing, I, for something I did not do. He was still kind. He was patient. He could control himself. And uh, finally, he showed love. Because even the uh, keeper of the prison put him in charge because he was able to undo everybody. And that is the reason why God could actually make him a prime minister of Egypt. So maybe we are not where we are supposed to be now because we are not actually working on ourselves. We need to work on ourselves to get to where, so that God can take us to where we should be. If you are always angry. You don't know the difference between good or bad. Or you are in a company and you are just so rude to the people that employed you and they fire you. I know that actually happened to somebody. And for three years, he was without a job. But he learned the hard way. Eventually, when he got employed again, I called him. I said, this time around, control yourself. Watch, watch. I said, oh, he has learned his lesson. And when I saw him, we were talking about the story of the Bible. You know what the story he said? Touch him the most. It was the story of Nebuchadnezzar. Said because that was exactly what happened to him. That he got this job, he had so much money, he was so proud, and God made punished. I won't say God punished him. He caused the consequences. For three years, he could not even feed his daughter and his son. That people, the, the, his dad was the one giving them pocket money. But eventually, God has mercy on him. And now he's doing fine. He has everything. So, yeah, we have to have virtue. You have to add all these to ourselves to be able to get to. Some of us are supposed to be MD, CEO, but we are not there yet. Maybe because we still need to work on ourselves. And God will help us. So, we should add, finally, we should add faith. I mean, we should add to our faith virtue, to our virtue knowledge, to our knowledge temperance, to our temperance, patient, to our patient, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, charity. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.